0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's 1997 and we have a new Batman. That's right, it's man of the moment, George Clooney. And he's here to do some stuff with the franchise that will live on, sadly, in infamy. Uh, We are talking about Batman and Robin here on Raven Bat, the Raven on Batman subsection recap podcast. I'm Natalie Goyenski, I should say. And with me, as always, is a man who, living in Queensland, kind of likes the idea of being able to wear a fully air-conditioned refrigeration unit all year round, or have to sit in a pool of air-conditioning frostiness, even if it would keep him a prisoner in his own house. It's Stuart Late!
1: Hello Natalie, hello everyone. Yeah, I mean I mean as the climate apocalypse unfolds, we're all just gonna be sitting in our own little cold zones, aren't we? <laughs> Isn't that how that's gonna work?
0: <laughs> yeah, it is somewhat humorous this movie in our current climate change discourse. Yes. This movie had a weird kind of foresight.
1: <laughs> well, the, the right this is the problem with Poison Ivy, but we'll get into it.
0: Yes, absolutely. With us to discuss this episode of Raven Bat is a long-time friend and supporter of the podcast. You will have heard her on our James Bond series last year. It's Eloise.
2: Hey. Hello. Hello, Nat. Hello, Stu. It's uh, ice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it begins. It and begins. it
1: begins. Interestingly, one of the very few ice puns they don't make in this movie
2: no but it does yeah. come up in the simpsons i, I was believe. gonna say oh, that that's McBain a, says it
1: that's a that's a mcbain quote yeah that's
2: right <laughs> <laughs> i still see you <laughs> i
1: still see you
2: did that come did that come before or after
1: this film before I weirdly like I, oh. I went back and checked it's before
2: that that's strange oh,
0: you... considering mcbain is based. very off weird of absolutely <laughs> Well, I just have to say that I wanted to go back and watch this movie again because I realised halfway through I should have been keeping track of all of the ice, snow, and Mr Freeze puns, and all of the plant, venom, planty, flowery, Venus flytrap, poison ivy puns. That, that, I, I
1: wouldn't worry about that. I've I've got you covered. <laughs>
0: There's something like 47 ice puns in this film. I, I, think? I think
1: so. I've got most of them in front of oh. me, so we can we can just run through them if you, you like. That's all good.
0: This is why we're friends. <laughs> I can rely on you uh, to ice pun me up. Well, I thought maybe uh, before we get to our minute challenge, we'll do a couple of things like talk through the movie, but perhaps Eloise. Hello. Could you describe to us what you think is the plot of this film? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, my God, there's a general
0: premise. The general <laughs> yeah. premise of this film.
2: Um, so Victor Freeze, for reasons beyond comprehension, decides that the only way to save his wife, who is dying of a rare syndrome, is to freeze the city. And Batman and Robin are there being very belligerent to each other. And- oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> And then Poison Ivy shows up because Mother Nature is here to rule everything. (laughs) There's stuff and it's all bad. (laughs) I mean, what can you say?
0: I kind of want to start with the minute challenge yet because I suspect that when we get to (laughs) Stu talking about how this movie came about, it will ha- kind of cover off all of my Minute uh, Challenge things. So oh can my we, God. Can Admittedly, we- I did write, like, three
2: pages of notes of things to refer oh, to. Excellent. I mean, it's probably just three pages of why in all caps <laughs> over <laughs> and over again.
1: Do we want to start, though? We- we've asked all our guests so far what their experience was with Batman in of general. Course. So, so <sighs> Eloise, how did you come to Batman? Is he your, your favourite superhero? Do you hate him? Like, what, how, where do you stand and what, what was your first sort of experience with I Batman? I like
0: the way that Stu leaves that. Question as if it has an answer. Yes. Is he your favorite superhero? If not, crazy. are you crazy? <laughs> if not, why are you even here? I, 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 I know, know I'd I'd just, like, just
1: like to see what type of person you are. You either like Batman or you're an idiot. I mean, that's <laughs>
2: I'm with Stu. I do love Batman. Funnily enough, Batman Forever is actually my favourite Batman film.
1: What, Eloise? What?
2: Okay, mostly because it's Jim Carrey, and when it came out, I was about when was I like eleven or twelve, and he was just my seminal comic influence so everything that he did I wanted to copy and frankly it's probably good you didn't have me on last week because it would have just been me quoting all of his lines not only word for word but you know inflection and tone yes. as well right that wouldn't
0: have made for a very good podcast. do you like do you like me Eloise once you as a teenager once you learn those inflect like once you've committed skits and sketches and character voices and stuff to your head yes they, Stay there for your whole life. They absolutely I, do. I, I will, and I'm sure Stu will agree with me here. There are sketches from, you know, like Martin Malloy, which I used to listen to on the radio in the 90s oh, yeah. that are embedded in my brain that I can either quote verbatim or I know exactly when I say something. I'm like, I'm saying that in the exact same way that this character said in this TV yeah. show. You know, I guess your tweens and your teens are such a, like a spongy time that things just soak right in and they stay with you. <laughs> I mean, for absolutely. I was pretty
2: much Ace Ventura for at least three years <laughs> straight.
1: As as was most uh, young teenagers in I, 1994 or whatever it
2: was. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this might shock you as well, but, like, um, because of that, I was not the most popular person in
0: school.
2: <laughs> uh people- Found me very annoying. Apparently, don't know <laughs> oh, why
0: we have so much in common, Eloise. <laughs> so much.
1: But you told them that they should stop you if you if you went too far,
0: uh, and they didn't yeah. listen. Apparently,
2: <laughs> it was either that or it was you know trying to tell people Lord of the Rings was cool, and everyone just ignoring me on that too. Well, so. that's just
1: everyone being crazy.
0: I know. Well, see, that, okay, I can't I can't come to that party because I, I read The Hobbit, and then I looked at Lord of the Rings and went, nah, it's not for me. <laughs>
2: I actually read Lord of the Rings literally nonstop. Like I would sneak it during science class and read it under the
1: table. <laughs> oh, Eloise. That's so cool. I love it.
0: Thank
2: you, Stu. Where were
0: you
1: when I was I in know. <laughs>
0: Okay, guys, I I'm also cool with Lord of the Rings <laughs> <laughs> being edged out of my own podcast. You and Eloise are going to start a Lord of the Rings podcast. <laughs> so you were, I guess, in your teens when Batman and Robin came out as well. Yes,
2: I don't recall seeing it in the cinemas, but I think I was I was thirteen, and I think I am just past the demographic of who that film is for because frankly <laughs> it is a children's film it's not for anyone else except for children I actually it really is yeah I saw the film a couple of months ago with my son who's seven years old we do this thing once a month where we have movie night and he decided he wanted to watch some Batman films so we started with Batman Forever which he loves great good he has good taste <laughs> and then we moved on to Batman and Robin and I loved watching it with him because I saw it through his eyes Eyes because he spent the entire time laughing his head off and basically saying, This is ridiculous. <laughs>
1: I mean, he's not wrong. And uh,
0: <laughs> his syndicated movie film criticism column uh, will be coming out yes, in yes. all major national. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah this this film was a thing, which we'll 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 crack into. But I just I kind of want to <laughs> say the notifications that came to me during our minute challenge because we're going to trample all over them otherwise. Yeah, okay, well,
1: well, let's let, let's do <laughs> so that. Like, like, can so, can I start? You go first. I'm, yeah, I'm being
0: selfish, but can I start? No, okay. no, get in there. Please Number do one. It. Bane is in this movie.
1: Yes, he is. He absolutely is. Not would, so you'd notice, but he's in it.
0: And I would argue still more understandable than uh, Tom Hardy in The Dark Knight Rises.
1: Well, this is true. I mean, you can tell what he's saying in this one. Yes. <laughs> Usually just-
0: normally- SMASH! He's yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: enunciating. Monkey yeah. business.
0: One, yeah, one word answers that are essentially just repeating what the, uh, Poison Ivy has just told
1: Oh, them. my God, I want to get into Bane. Jesus yeah. Christ.
0: So next up,
1: Batgirl
2: yes. is in this movie. She sure right. is. Can it's I just not- say, she has no business being in this film because when you actually watch her character, she is actually quite a really positive female superhero character who doesn't have like the typical male gaze against her. Mm. And I'm like, why does she have to be in this film? <laughs> Which is famously canned for being terrible. This is, like, is this the reason why we spent the next two decades not having great female superhero characters? Because she got <laughs> lumped into this film?
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, the takeaway was, oh, female superheroes are bad. It's not yeah. this movie was female terrible. Female
2: superheroes ruin well, everything. Let's just... Have- Start I wonder
0: again. <laughs> the thing about Alicia Silverstone, who was massive at the time, like because she'd done Clueless. Yeah,
1: it made total she, sense that she was cast. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, and she's she suits the sort of role, and she's kind oh,
1: of. I would I would argue that <laughs> point, but yes, okay. Uh,
0: well, I don't know Batgirl. I suppose so. She's she's cute enough. She's kind of. Young and a bit fresh. She's not great, obviously. But the, <laughs> the <laughs> thing that I remember from the time is there was all these rumours about how she'd put on weight.
2: Oh,
0: I was reading about this and it made yes. me so mad. <laughs> this, this,
1: this, is in my, this is in my minute challenge. I just have written down, Batgirl is not fat, you no. idiots. Yes.
0: Okay, oh. good. Because I think – And but the thing is is that apparently – I and I look, you guys probably know more details, but I read that they used a lot of body doubles for a lot of – obviously your stunt scenes, but then in other scenes where she's just, you know, standing around and they have to do like full body shots and stuff, they kind of use body doubles. So I don't know whether it is actually her or they've just substituted in the body double. But either way, she would not have been, you know, fat. But it ties in really interestingly to the whole first two movies with the whole 108 pounds and, <laughs> oh, no, I've got 140 pounds. That's <laughs> enormous. And I'm like, and and so I guess there's like a, a weight limit for the Batgirl or any kind of female superhero in Batman. It's like they've I got think to any be... kind of female in Batman, by the sounds of it. Well, true. And speaking of females, my third point El
1: McPherson is in this. Uh, yeah, I, you, I, I, actually like I knew that, but I had like removed that out. information from my brain. It it had left, and it's so weird that in the last two Batman movies, we've got like these two iconic Australian <laughs> actresses. I, it's just so bizarre. Would and you yet, say Elle
0: McPherson is an actress? Well, I
1: mean, you know, I mean, well, at th- this point she was coming off a couple of movie roles yeah. and she went she went on to TV. She was doing her actress thing at this point.
0: Yes, it was. So I time. guess you
1: could call her an actress. But the thing is, like, you know, Nicole Kidman <laughs> is an actress. Like, she's giving a performance. Elle McPherson is just Fair. present. <laughs> and, and you Fair. couldn't even say that she is present. Like, she <laughs> oh, is in this movie you you have to give her that.
2: She I don't know what's so what's more annoying. the fact that she is so superfluous in this film or the fact that her original storyline was to be fringed that like that was yes. essentially what her storyline was supposed to be was to that. be. What? Fridged, as in, uh, Stu, do you want to take the explanation? Well,
1: basically, fridging is when you take the female love interest of the male superhero and kill her to give him character motivation.
2: And it came from. Fridged. I forget. Okay. Yeah, it came I from a
0: particular comic. It came from a,
1: I, a Green Lantern comic. Green Lantern, where that's right. Green Lantern's girlfriend was literally like killed and stuffed in a fridge. Stuffed in a fridge.
0: <laughs> oh, I see. It's not an Indiana Jones reference. Have you guys seen Line of Duty? uh no because they really did that in that show too <laughs>
1: did they like the literal frigging or yeah
0: because in the first series of line of duty it's not really a spoiler because it's from 2012 but in the first series of line of duty which is a british cop procedural about an anti-corruption yes. unit investigating corrupt cops bent uh, cops bent bent cubs, <laughs> coppers. Yeah. that's right there's only one thing i'm interested in and that's nicking bent coppers the head of ac12 is a northern irish cop <laughs> You gotta watch it. you'll get obsessed You'll get obsessed with Ted Hastings like I did, and now all I want is for a Northern Irish man to run around telling me "Mother of God," <laughs> 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 or with gas. And- just he's the greatest, guys. Go watch Line of Duty. But in the first series, like a female character gets killed off, but the gang, like the it's an illegal criminal gang, organized crime basically. Mm. They chop her up and shove her in a fridge for leverage later on. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, and she was involved with the the corrupt cop that they're investigating. So that's why I was like, wow, they did that in uh, British crime procedurals as well. Uh, so she was supposed to die, Elle Macpherson. Yep.
2: So Instead- poison ivy was supposed to stab her, and that's what the knife is that she's using in the fight scene at the end with Batgirl. It's the same knife apparently that she stabby-stabbed Elle McPherson
0: with. And the thing is, I guess they realised that George Clooney probably wasn't going to emote anymore even if they yes. killed him. Oh, this. my God. <laughs> Because she just fades away. She's in a scene with him where she's telling him, look, we've been dating for a year, so come on, where's that ring, <laughs> basically. yeah. And he's just, like, dreaming of Poison Ivy. He's either hallucinating her or she's in the room. It's never really very clear. But he's thinking of Poison Ivy, and then she's like, why did you just call me Ivy? And he's like, I wish I knew. And then you never see her again. She just yeah, no no,
1: no follow-up to that at all.
0: No follow-up. She's just there, so it, 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 there's no reason. There's, there's very little reason for mm. why she should even be there. The only thing I will give them credit for is that it's a female love interest who sort of already exists.
1: The, the annoying thing is that the, the I, I can almost guarantee you the reason that she's in the film, and it's so that Batman can have a love interest and avoid any further gay subjects, basically. <laughs> I was
2: about to say it's yeah. followed yeah. on from the previous it, it, film. They're like,
1: no, no, he totally goes out on dates with ladies.
0: Yeah, 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 it's, it's like it's like, oh, okay. Harriet. Yeah.
1: And, it's and, the and it,
0: implies, time- it implies that he can, like, be in love with a woman for, like, yes. longer than three days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> they waste the opportunity because he, he doesn't even really kiss her or anything. There's no – There's, there's no, nothing
2: between. There's
0: no chemistry at
1: all. There is no all. chemistry at all, which is insane because, like, they're both incredibly makes- good-looking people, like, at the height of their popularity yeah, too. Yeah, like, yeah. holy shit.
0: And that makes the gay subtext just even more <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> Even more or less subtext.
1: Like, these two look like two planks of wood, like, yeah. pressing against each other. It's exactly.
0: insane. The Gertie Gosselin uh, from the last film is back. She's back. And this yep. time going, Where hey, are you going to get married? You know, you're the whole inquiry. Minds want to know. And then he's just like, Uh, Uh, uh. In, Notoriously, you know, charming, smooth Bruce Wayne is just I like. Was, uh, and not
1: even, not even that. Bruce Notoriously Bruce charming and smooth George Clooney. Yes, yes. can't Can't muster up. He is sleepwalking through yes. this shit. Oh, it makes me furious.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> reckon he was on Valium or something because like. Oh,
1: man. Well, when he, he was in the, the middle of filming possibly. ER. He was probably just exhausted.
0: He looks yeah. exhausted when you yeah. look at yeah. his face, frankly. <laughs> like he didn't need to paint those black eyes around the, um, the mask. Because, because he, they're... like all the other Batman, have looked really good in their turtleneck and glasses combo. But Clooney just kind of looks a bit thin, you know, a bit like
1: he has not. He has not hit the gym. It's insane. Like, I mean, like we saw Val Kilmer with his shirt off last yeah, movie, and this and is pretty, He's this pretty, is pretty built. You know yeah but
0: this is pre-2000s crazy Marvel movie superhero no sure cut.
1: exactly yes absolutely it's just, yeah like and, and dudes that's the thing but
0: are built but they're not freaking cut you know Yeah, he's but but like at least well-built.
1: Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer yeah. was like pretty bulky guy he's a, he's yeah. a muscly guy whereas like George Clooney is thin he is slender. Yeah. You know, he, he's he's athletic, but he's like a slender man.
2: Yes. The only reason why he was cast, and I think Joel Schumacher actually confirms this, was literally for his chin. Like he saw a picture of George Clooney yeah. in a newspaper, <laughs> and then drew the the cow thing over yes. his face and went, "That's my next Batman." Yeah, that, that,
1: that's what he. I don't know if that's apocryphal, but he's he said <laughs> that in in um he said that in interviews. He's well, like then, that's he cast it's it's, it's a chin casting.
0: Yes. Why have they never cast Bruce Campbell? as Batman is the question. It would be
1: incredible.
0: He would be a good Batman, (laughs) right? In terms of pulling off a sort of an Adam Westy camp, like Bruce Campbell would have you there, I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) And he could play Um, the Joker at the same time.
3: That's right, exactly.
0: (laughs) So final points on my list because I didn't get much out because, you know, this movie is a neon explosion in the brain. Oh, I forgot to write down neon gangsters were back. Oh, Um, yes. The villain's plot in this one is balmy. It is insane. It makes no sense. But I think it at least... Is slightly more understandable than Batman Forever. Yes. and, and I, I'm happy to be criticised for this, but no, no, Batman Forever. It was literally just Jim Carrey has a brain box that
1: stuff is happening, yeah. stuff is happening, absolutely,
0: and equals profit. And also,
1: Two Face is there, and like t-
0: Two yeah. Faced is just wants to kill Batman. There's no plan there. Yeah. Whereas at least like Mister Freeze decides he needs to freeze the world. Poison Ivy is like I need to replant the world. It's, they they
1: it's- both have clear goals, and yes. what you think is supposed to, could be a flaw that you know their goals actually don't technically line up ends up being like a plot point. Like they are at odds with each other. So mm. so it does it, it all technically works. The trouble being it's a terrible movie anyway.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> technically Freeze's motivation is to freeze the world for ransom so that he can get enough money for research. Oh, yeah. For his, to to fund start with. Research. To start
1: with. But but and but then, a, and then but what? then his wife dies yeah. and he goes he goes mad with grief. So he's, just he's going to freeze the, freeze the, the world. <laughs>
0: But he falls into a, a, he fell into a vat of freezing temperature, nitrous oxide or something. Nitrous. Nitrous, <laughs> nitrous, <laughs> nitrogen. nitrous that, oxide. Yeah. Nitrous oxide. Because that's just very just That's hey, Mr.
3: Happy. I'm
0: Mr. Freeze. Anyway, uh, on my list, um, I, it, is, it is the most cartoony, just agreeing with what you said earlier, Eloise, oh, okay. about. Yes. To me, it was like yeah. it's the most like a comic book, like a comic book for five-year-olds. And just all the dialogue I can see in dialogue bubbles in a comic book because it's all short pun based back and forth.
2: That was the motivation behind the, uh, the direction of this film was essentially to, to turn it into a gigantic comic version, but like a modern day darker version of a comic book. Yeah, no, they missed
0: that. It
2: <laughs> no, it doesn't work. I mean,
0: it's darker <laughs> in terms of the palette because half the time you can't see what's going on.
2: They basically took the 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 scheme of last film and went, make it bigger, put yeah. gigantic statues, statues everywhere. Oh my
1: God, everything statues.
0: in. Everything a, is a statue. I have a point to make about the statues later, but I, I, that's not in my minute challenge. I just end my minute challenge with the Smashing pumpkin song is a banger, I will go to my grave. <laughs> that is probably it the is. best. Again,
1: I, ha- I had this soundtrack track it rules
0: it rules the only thing though is I was listening at the end and uh it went out of smashing pumpkins into another song and it was like Gotham City da, 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 da. and I was like yeah was this again and then look it up it's R Kelly oh shit yeah,
3: no yeah, right. oh, god, that's problematic Delete. Delete.
0: Delete. Delete. <laughs> he's just gone to jail or he's just been convicted of uh terrible terrible sex crimes so you know today, oh, god but yes, that's the end of my minute challenge. So maybe Stu, we should throw to you, and then we can um, deep dive further into this crazy. All right. <laughs> well, I
1: think we, we've talked we've talked about a bunch of stuff already. But let me just go through mine. Okay. So the first thing that I wrote was this movie leaves me cold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next next item on my list was Batskates.
3: Uh, oh my god.
1: I feel like that's emblematic of this whole film is that they yes. they do the little click click and the bat skates just shoot out. It should be the sort of thing that is ridiculous enough that it's actually kind of brilliant, but it's just ridiculous. It's just, I just dumb. don't
0: understand the logistics. Were those digging into their feet? How were, they, mean, wearing, their were heels? they wearing platform shoes with <laughs> yes. this, with a two inch skate?
1: I guess. What? Well, I mean, you know, well, <laughs> Batman's always prepared.
0: Well, this is, uh, you sort of talked about it last week, but
2: this is my theory that Batman is essentially James Bond because you know, James Bond always is prepared for the exact mission that he goes on, he needs the exact yes. gadgets and then he never uses those gadgets again. That's what the ice skates are. Even though they didn't know that they were going to fight Mr. Freeze until they were in the car halfway there when yeah. Commissioner Gordon phoned it in on that conversation. Batman.
1: Literally phoned new, it in.
2: A new villain. We call him Mister Freeze. It's like those guys gave up pretty quickly. I love well, that's yeah. what I love.
1: Like it, it, you hit the point that the '66 show does, where the cops at this stage are that just like, "Oh, voice. there's there's a supervillain. That's Batman's job. Batman deals with the supervillains."
0: I've worked in politics and if someone had an inquiry that wasn't in your department, it was just like, well, good, nope, we're forwarding that on to another department. (laughs) 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 One less thing for us. It's like like some thugs are
1: robbing a bank. Oh, that's probably us. Wait, uh, a guy dressed in a crazy blue uh, exoskeleton suit with a freeze ray is uh, robbing diamonds from from Gotham jewelers? Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's Batman's job. Get him in the line.
2: I'd like to point out, Mr Freeze had a lot of diamonds already on that ray to begin with at the start of this film, in which case... How long has he been operating for? How many places has he robbed that not only has those size diamonds,
0: (laughs) but but that Batman wouldn't know about him until Commissioner Gordon calls him. That's right, exactly. (laughs) And diamonds, like, they have to be cut to that shape, which means the the, the natural, (laughs) like, I don't think even, you know, the Hope Diamond or those big-ass diamonds... They're not, know, they're not nearly that big. Like basically, he's he's using cubic zirconias, and just <laughs> nobody's had the heart of <laughs> he's gone to
1: tell He's got his secrets.
0: And also, <laughs> and also, th- this is the point, Stu, I'm pretty sure by the 90s they were able to create diamonds. Yes,
1: they were, exactly. Yeah, absolutely, like, they were. Yeah. Why
0: does he need to rob them?
1: <laughs> well, look, Natalie. Some things just have to be done the traditional way. Okay, if you're a supervillain with a freeze ray, <laughs> goddammit, it, how, how does that? you, know, you <laughs> You just need to rob a few jewellery stores. Come on.
2: You can't go down and- to Shush Secrets and ask <laughs> yeah. them, just produce me a diamond yay big. I just
0: need a diamond the size of a softball, okay? <laughs> and I need nine of them to go into this weird battery pack to so, fire It's a off. very
2: specific number of diamonds yeah. that he needs to he, make that thing work. And what I love <laughs>
0: okay. is that he's already built the compartment, like the main mechanism, and mm. they just slot in. Like he, no- yes. like he somehow knows what the sizes are and just then... <laughs> It doesn't have to do any adjusting to fit it in. They just slot right in, you know, like those little toys you give kids with that you put the shape in, into the ball.
1: It is very cartoony. And again, there's yeah. a version yeah. of this film that just, that that embraces that in a different way and works because of it. Like that's what's so frustrating to me about this film is that they're so close to something awesome and yet it's just the worst. <laughs>
2: literally the worst and i think I, it was I, voted number one yeah, it is often voted the film. worst
1: superhero like not, even, not only the worst like superhero movie but the worst film
2: the worst film i mean really? we've got we've got the emoji movie and sausage party in the world yeah, now so sure. you never know it might have been knocked <laughs> off it's number and one and of course spot. catwoman uh, the, oh, yeah, course.
0: See, i don't know if i'd call it the worst <laughs> i mean i did have an amusing time watching it like There's a certain amount of ironic value to it that some films just don't have. But and the other thing I just wanted to add before you move on from the ice skates is that (laughs) the the bat skates, definitely the bat skates, the bat skates. Sorry, (laughs) they name them
1: on screen. (laughs) That
0: whole robbery happens in the Gotham Museum of Art, which I want to point out would technically be a goma. So there you go, Brisbane. We Ah. have a goma. (laughs) Gotham has a goma. Just saying, but it's on the building, Gotham Museum of Art. But when you go in there, it's more like a natural history museum. They've got yes. freaking dinosaur skeletons. There's, there's dinosaur
1: skeletons. On
2: dinosaurs, I don't know,
0: and, and diamonds. So like- that they could have
1: the line, Eloise. What oh, killed the dinosaurs? dinosaurs? The Ice, the ice Age.
0: Point of fact, call it a <laughs> <at> the Museum <laughs> of Natural History. That would have made so much more sense.
1: Yes, it's and I mean, that, that's a line. Museum. That's but a line. Why would they
0: have diamonds in it? <laughs> but diamonds wouldn't be in a in an art gallery. It would not be, be in a museum either. It would be anywhere. Diamonds would be in a natural history museum if they were going to be anywhere.
2: I suppose. Like, like okay, this is the world's largest diamond. Mm,
0: exactly. It would be on display in a natural history museum, not not, a, not an art museum, unless it was like an art piece containing diamonds or something like that. But,
1: it's always so it's always fascinating to me, Natalie. And I'm not having a go here, but it's always fascinating the things that trip you up about these movies. <laughs>
0: Is that there is a delineation between an art museum and a natural history museum. Stu and I was just very disappointed. That oh, I'm, sitting here, I'm sitting here going, this,
1: this is contradictory to the history of Batman. And you're like, that's not how museums work.
0: <laughs> but Stu, it's about complementary knowledge, okay? <laughs> that's right, exactly. <laughs> you're the one bringing the actual technical detail. I've got to bring the whimsy so we have a balance. <laughs>
1: Continue oh on with your list. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, next item on my list is uh, George Clooney is smiling through this whole goddamn movie, <laughs> but not um,
0: smiling, smiling like kind of half a, a
1: weird smirk on his face the entire Smirky. time. It is yeah. he, his only emotion throughout this entire movie is detached irony. Yes. Um, he cannot muster a single extra emotion even when he is supposed to be like having a deeply personal moment with his longtime manservant. Just cannot muster anything more than a, huh, it just really shits me off.
2: <laughs> Is it because he's aloof?
1: It just feels like he did not show up for this movie Darn. at all. Not not even a single bit. He's like, you know what? The costume does 90% of the work and, and the, the rest of the scenes, whatever, I'll just be in them. I'll be in them and be handsome. It'll be fine.
0: But I do kind of agree that maybe he was just really freaking tired.
1: He may (laughs) have been just tired. He was filming ER at the same time. Yeah,
0: but it's funny how, like, with the last Bat film we see, I think, with Batman Forever, we saw Val Kilmer get the new suit, which had a bit more bling.
1: Mm. And then
0: in this one they end up with an even more new new suit and all three of them have the new new suits and it's, like, almost silver. It's, it's yeah, they're all these black.
1: silver suits. Multiple yeah, exactly.
0: suits, yeah. which we can talk about later. <laughs> and so it's it's almost like, quickly, the, the energy of Batman is down. Ramp up the bling on the suit.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the cars, the vehicles all change as well. Like, they they have more than one Batmobile in this thing, and, and they put uh, Robin and Batgirl on different uh, vehicles as well, and they, they're all silver.
0: Yeah. yeah. And also... Robin repeats the chicks dig the car line.
1: Yeah, it's they the open with the chicks dig the car line
2: because it was such a famous and well received line in the in the last <laughs> film.
3: Yeah.
2: What you think of when you think of Batman? You think chicks dig the car. He's
0: like, I want a car. Chicks dig the car. He's like, can, can you've I, got a bike, Robin? That's far more flexible.
2: Can I just say, as a woman, the fellas, fellas, listen. As a woman, we don't like the car. We don't care about the car. <laughs> Unless it's a Batmobile, in which case, yeah, maybe we do like it. I mean, it.
1: Like, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Although chicks can't enjoy the car in this film because it's a one-seater. It's a one-seater.
0: It's a drag yeah. racer. One-seater drag cedar.
2: racer. What are you
0: going to do? Hop on the engine, love. I'll take you just, back to my cave. It
2: just leads <laughs> to my theory that, that Batman is just a very belligerent, man in this film he's being dragged into having other people around him and he doesn't want it and he's decided no i'm just going to have this car and it's only me in this car and no one else is allowed in the car
1: <laughs> the next item on the list speaking of, of uh, batman and robin is uh, robin is so annoying in this movie <laughs> um chris o'donnell plays him as a whiny idiot and like I know a lot of it is because he's like under like a love potion for a lot of it, but that doesn't make it any better to watch.
3: Yeah, no. and
1: and not only that, we kind of already did this whole arc in the first movie or, or like in the last movie. You know, them coming to to know each other, them them coming to work together as partners, and then they just reset it and they're like, no, Batman thinks Robin's a loose cannon. Robin wants to prove himself, and he wants to. He's chafing under Batman's like shadow. Well, it's just it doesn't. Right well, there's a lot of chafing. There's a lot of rubber in this movie. <laughs> you gotta, you got to get the talcum powder out. But, yeah, like it's just so annoying, so annoying and largely superfluous to things that go on. And what's um, really
2: frustrating about that arc is that it doesn't really go anywhere in the end. Yeah, episode. again, it just sort the of. The lesson it, is, yeah. oh, I learnt to to hold myself up without Batman. Yeah, except when you fell and you talked about, oh, you weren't there to catch me. No, Batgirl was there to catch
0: you. You still yeah. didn't save yourself. <laughs> yeah. it was, he learnt nothing in this film. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, you're a whining exactly. little bitch,
0: Robin. And then all of a sudden,
2: Batgirl just gets completely trusted. Like Bruce was just like, oh, "Okay, yep, yeah, I've I've
0: worked my way through with Robin, and Batgirl's here now. Hooray!" Yeah. He's doing that whole Zen hands-off thing of like, "Ah, that was the lesson all along. You have yeah. to teach yourself." <laughs> Nods and fades into the, the real. Distance. The real
1: ice puns were inside us all along. <laughs> The next item on my list is Batgirl is not fat, you idiots. Yeah, uh, we, yes. we mentioned that already. Um, she's fine, like like very badly. I mean, not badly miscast, but like for the version of the character that they put in this, she's fine. But this isn't Batgirl. Like this isn't Barbara Gordon. This is well, just that's the some thing, random she's person. Not,
0: she's, well, she's no, she's Alfred's,
2: Barbara
1: Wilson. <laughs> exactly.
0: She's Alfred's niece or something. Niece,
1: which, which I guess was easier to do than to somehow bring Commissioner Gordon more into this movie than he yes. already is because he's yeah. again just a non-entity in this movie holy crap (laughs) like when you think about how important commissioner gordon is to like the batman mythos and then the later films and all that sort of thing the fact that he's just sort of there in these things like he's just he's the named police officer basically it's like oh man it's so strange it's so weird these movies in hindsight this was batman for so long this was the (laughs) batman we had
3: (laughs) the
2: police they they honestly didn't need the police at all in this film there was no reason for them because batman just showed up and did everything
1: yeah Failed at everything. Yeah, he failed, but, like, you know, and I love that, like, the police would show up and be like, oh, nice one, Batman.
2: (laughs) We asked you to do one simple thing, our jobs, and you couldn't do it.
1: My God. Anyway, <laughs> um, the last item on my list is that uh, Alfred actually weirdly gives his best performance in this movie. He's Michael Gough I think, he's great. Goff is he's great. He's absolutely fantastic and carries the whole movie on his 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 back. I think yeah. it's incredible. Actually,
0: good on I you, Michael. I was watching um, a, an episode of Inspector Morse because you know I like to roll with the kids. <laughs> the other day and michael goff turned up in one and it's michael goff and john thor just like chatting to each other about cryptic crosswords and i was like no oh, delightful and uh i'm i'm a nerd um <laughs> That's my superhero, John Thor, Inspector I, Moore. I Moore. do
2: like how Alfred uh, kind of channeled Q at the beginning of the film as well. Do bring this back in one piece this yes, time. So yeah. As if it was Batman's fault that everything got destroyed in the last film, you know, yeah, exactly. letting people into the Batcave. <laughs> it,
0: it is really interesting, though, that they chose this film and this sort of version of Alfred to make kind of a point about class and inequality and, and wage slavery and, like,
3: yeah.
0: Alfred's essentially just an indentured servant to the Wayne family and it's um what's her face Barbara's goal to free him of that to give him a life of his own and that's then they what kind really- of get around it by him going <laughs> Bruce Wayne going you've been happy here haven't you and he's like yes sir <laughs> well that's it um- <laughs> you know, they just they're just like well yep he said he was happy so it's all good. And then it's like, no, 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 he's not just sick, he's dying.
3: But it's, yeah,
0: it was just a... I mean, of course, a chosen family is a thing you can have and you can do, and Alfred is clearly not an idiot. I'm sure he could have left the Wayne I service any time. Better,
1: better versions of Batman make it clear that he's there because he wants to be there. Like yes. You know, yes he's yes. very much part of the what's going on.
0: Yes, that's right, and he loves Bruce. Like, he's a father figure to him, so... Yeah. And that's no, what's really just, frustrating
2: about this film is that there are so many really interesting societal points that the film is trying to make and it just falls flat. It's,
0: or just yeah. like not really trying to make but kind of accidentally close to making a point. Falling into. But then, yeah, but there's this idea that it's like, hey, is it cool to rely on one person that you pay to be your emotional support? Is that cool? Like is that an actual true friendship? Can you ever know, <laughs> it? Can you ever know it's real? And it's like you've been happy here. Yes, I have, sir. Excellent. Back to it then. It made me laugh.
1: <laughs> the way that it's betrayed in this movie, the family stuff comes out of nowhere because Alfred is an employee. He has that moment at the start where he falls asleep, and Bruce is, like, and he's like, "I'm so sorry, Master Bruce." And he's like, genuinely, like upset. He's like, "Oh God, I'm going to lose my job." And, and Bruce is like, "Oh, it's alright, Alfred. It's the first time it's happened. You know, he's the he's his boss. Yeah, he's absolutely his boss. That's yeah. how it's played throughout the whole thing, except yeah, yeah. for that one scene where George Clooney is just smirking to himself while Alfred Goff does like some incredible acting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, look, someone had to bring the acting, and it wasn't going to be George Clooney. So no. not over. in this
1: one anyway. George Clooney, great actor, has has become an incredible like movie star in his own right. Mm. But like this movie he is absent from it for the runtime.
2: He's won an Oscar, hasn't he? He sure has. As is a lot of people in this film.
1: Yeah, weirdly.
0: Who did an Oscar for?
1: George Clooney. Um, He's yeah. uh, won for Syriana, uh, he, an really? acting award for Syriana. I'm, I'm reading the Wikipedia page now. And he co-produced uh, Argo.
0: Didn't think he had. <laughs> <laughs> well done, George. You've proved me wrong. But yeah, he's very charismatic, except in this movie.
1: Yeah, for some reason in this movie. I guess he hadn't really figured it out yet, maybe? Or like, he he just... Again, like it, it's so bizarre to me that like he's awkward as Batman and as Bruce Wayne, yeah, and not intentionally. Like this isn't uh, this isn't a choice that he's making. He is very clearly uncomfortable in both roles. Do
2: you find that there's no difference between the characters at all? Yes, like at least not at in in, in, the, as- in our previous incantations of Batman versus Bruce Wayne, like the each of the actors have at least attempted to to play them slightly differently. Yeah. But this is just. The he same. makes
1: no delineation One whatsoever line all and you what could I be heard. very charitable and say that that's maybe a callback to like again a callback to 66 but even Adam West was doing a very surprisingly subtle delineation between the Bruce Wayne and the Batman personas
3: yeah yeah you yeah. know
1: whereas like there is no difference like he's the, it's the same voice the same mannerisms like everything he is playing it absolutely the same as Batman and Bruce Wayne.
2: Which do you think is that? Why it leads into what we're going to get with Christian Bale, where he has like, I, I have to change my voice like, somehow. <laughs> I no. know I'm going to talk like <laughs> this. I'm Batman.
1: It, de- it, definitely, <laughs> yeah. it definitely, could be. I think I think they they definitely need to. They they tried to figure out a way. It's like, okay, well, how? Yeah, well, we will we'll get there. But but yeah. yeah, I think that was definitely in the back of their mind where they're like, there's got to be a delineation.
0: Yeah, cuz he's in the car at the start. He's just like, "Hey, Freeze." Hey, uh, well, like it's just it's <laughs> jolly. It's not even whereas at least Michael Keaton would just sit there kind of going, "I'll be there." It would be short sentences and that kind of thing, whereas George Clooney's like, "Hi, down.
1: hi, Freeze. I'm Batman." <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? What next you? That that was the end of my minute challenge. Oh, um okay. And so, we, like I said, I think we both had some various things. You know what, though? We, what we definitely need to talk about next is neither of us even bothered to mention Uma Thurman as Poison no, Ivy. No, Poison
0: Ivy. Uh, yeah, let's do it.
1: Oh, my because goodness. She, she had both, so much fun in this she film. She both <laughs> looms large and makes no impact on this movie whatsoever. <laughs> as it As would so say, she,
0: she both sucks and blows.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I have a weird appreciation for her.
1: I mean, I suspected you would. Yes.
0: Yeah, of course you knew that I would. She is my favourite part of this And film. theatrical,
1: and, and doing that.
0: She's making choices, and that she sure it. is. You know, whereas I don't know with Arnie, they've just gone. Look, you know your Terminator thing that you do, like do that, but really camp. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, like I think he's doing. He's he's in the same sort of mode. Like like to to his credit and to her credit, they both get the movie that they're in. Like, yes, like yes. it's That's not right. like, like, yeah. It's not that they don't understand what they're doing. Yes. It's just that I just don't like it. I don't care for it one oh, bit. Oh, no, um, it's,
0: it's ridiculous. But at the same time, the sheer over-the-toppedness when I think I first saw it.
1: It's really pantomime. Easy. It is full on, especially time, with, with Uma Thurman, it is full-on pantomime.
0: Yeah, and the way her voice changes so much. Yes. You know, talk about George Clooney not changing his voice. Poison Ivy has got a different accent to when she's bookish, nerdish, plant researcher yeah and then all of a sudden she's poison RV and once you, I do declare, Mister Beauregard. <laughs> I, I was about to say, it's almost like
1: a Southern accent she's doing, right? She's it's doing like this Blanche, weird theatrical, from the yeah. Golden
0: Girls. It's, she's
2: uh, she was actually basing her accent on that on a particular Hollywood Golden Age actress, May uh, West. May West, that's what I was West. going. May, May, May. What's the, yeah, the other name? It's very
0: May West. <laughs> she was definitely channeling May West. And May she West is or was the one who famously said, she um, that. "Come up and why don't you come up and see me sometime?" Or that. <laughs> yeah is it generally attributed to her i think it's misquoted but it's um yeah come up and chomp And Mae west is the one who famously did her last film i think with a very young timothy dalton oh all right uh, yeah i look i think it's called like sextet or sex sextet <laughs> or may west sex
1: <laughs> that's got sextet. sex in the title <laughs>
0: uh, it does and it's 1978 she is i think 80 no she was oh, wow. 87 Wow. Eighty-seven, good on um, her. And she does a scene where she and sing a song, and what is the song? It's um, "Stop, Baby, I Really Love You." Stop, I'll be thinking of oh, right. you, <laughs> da, 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 da. keep us together. And she is um... <laughs> sorry. I'm just reading the captions. I'm just reading the captions on this YouTube clip, and it says it's very good. Sorry. Aside, but it says released in 1978, Sextet was Mae West's last film. Here, West, 93, is serenaded by future 007 Timothy Dalton. West, 132, also starred with (laughs) Tony Curtis and Ringo Starr. West, 207, died (laughs) aged 307.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's very good.
0: That's one of the funniest things I've read in a long time. But yeah, is Timothy Dalton, maybe I don't know, twenty-four, twenty-five, like smooching onto Mae West, who cannot move her face at this point. She's had so many facelifts.
2: Yes. And her, her
0: face is kind of taped back behind her neck. And she's going, Oh, yeah, sweetie. <laughs> it's <laughs> glorious. May West was like banned from Broadway and a bunch of things because she wrote plays about sex and relationships and dating and and you know, she was basically the Carrie Bradshaw. Of the 1920s on Broadway, and nobody could handle it. Everyone was like, "What the hell is this woman doing?" (laughs) Um, And then she went to Hollywood and just did that on screen, and everyone loved her. I think because she had a she had a comic persona, and she wasn't she was curvy, obviously, and she was attractive, but not like a stunning beauty. You know, she sort of dyed hair, and I think because she had this sort of slight mutton-dressed-as-lamb kind of persona, she could get away with it with film. So, yeah. I mean, she's still got – but, yeah, the, the Poison Ivy is definitely taking on that aspect, except for the fact that Uma Thur- Thurman is so stunningly beautiful in this film. Like, she,
1: she is – I mean, this is the thing. She is very, very beautiful. Um, oh, She's you cannot. a beautiful woman.
0: And what they put her in, and also – I just have to say, guys, if I can sideline to my slight, you know, makeup obsession, her makeup <laughs> is amazing. Oh, like, I love I was, her eye makeup in this All of her so eye much. makeup and the, the the leaves that they put on the side of her eyes and the wigs and, but particularly all of her eye makeup is like, oh my God, 90s makeup wasn't like this. And that made me realize <laughs> they've, they've done her up like a drag queen. Like she's essentially it's, a drag character. She's doing
1: a drag show. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So what I need to know is, are there drag queens doing poison ivy around the traps? Because I need Ooh, to see that. So call there must me. Be. If you're a drag queen doing Uma Thurman poison ivy uh, character work, I need to come and support. Your <laughs> <laughs> I
2: have to say again, poison ivy's character is amazing because it was st- a sexy woman, female character who still didn't have like the typical '90s male gaze on her. Like you, you, she wasn't like cleavage out, and it was you know, giant butt and all tight and everything. It was these, like, really beautiful bodysuits that were still sexy but s- still left things to the imagination. And, I, again, frustrating that it is in this film that we have something <laughs> that refreshing.
1: Well, especially because, <sighs> like, she is, she is a femme fatale and she is notoriously, like, a, a, a sexy character that they managed to kind of do her in a way that is weaponized that, that brings that to the fore and doesn't, like, downplay it but isn't, just complete, as you say, like gazy and gross. Like, yeah. like they really run the line quite well, and that's what's so frustrating about it. Because like this is a terrible movie, and <laughs> it is not a good performance. But although, you know, although
2: then on the flip side, she does kill all the men by kissing them. So well, you know. sure, but I
1: mean that 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 is kind <laughs> of her thing in the comics.
0: Because he wears some fake lips. Ah, because that's how that works. Yeah, I was going to say, but she kind of tongued him a bit. Like, wouldn't the whole point be it would get in your mouth? Like, that's what I you mean, want to yes. avoid? Yes.
1: <laughs> you still want to
0: avoid a kiss. It wasn't like they just kind of pressed lips.
1: But again, like, like what you have to keep in mind with every single decision in this movie is this is a this is a movie that was very specifically aimed at children. That's not inherently a bad thing. Like, a Batman movie should be accessible to children. But... This movie just forgets about the adults in the room. They're like, no, no, no. We we want (laughs) to. 10 year old boys is what we're pitching at. It's basically the opposite of a Pixar.
0: It's the opposite of a Pixar film.
1: Absolutely, yes.
0: (laughs) Pixar is always like, how can we keep the parents entertained? Yes. Whereas these guys are like, we don't care. You've already bought your tickets. You're in the (laughs) cinema. You You bought your tickets. You're You're
1: in here now. There is no, no leaving. Now, <laughs> the doors now are watch locked. now watch Batman and Robin's uh, sky surf away from an exploding uh, rocket ship. <laughs> oh my which god! Which is a oh sentence. Which is a I sentence was... that should be amazing. I. Like, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so
0: okay, before we started podcasting, I told Stu and Eloise that I'd come up with a really good idea for an intro. You know, I always introduce Stu as something related to the film. Uh... I come up with a really good one, but I couldn't remember what it is. It was the Rocket surfing uh, bullshit. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say a man who likes to fire off into space on Jeff Bezos's uh, blue penis, so he can, <laughs> so he can surf his way down. <laughs> oh my goodness! I realise now that the producers of Die Another Day, uh, the Bond film, mm. where he surfs in in into North Korea, that's what yes. they were watching.
1: They, they definitely watch this. They're like, ah, oh, this is what we have to do. We need okay. to get on and on we this action. We
0: need to action. get on the surfing. They had to blow up the rocket. Because well, this, otherwise this is the thing. And I, I, I
1: had this. I had this sort of written down in my notes. Uh, you can never accuse Schumacher of not going big, right? <laughs> both of these movies, and I'm, I'm I'm joking, but I'm also serious. Like both of these movies open with a massive action set piece this would be the climax of a different superhero movie of a different batman movie right they catch freeze in the act they chase him he launches a rocket this is the first five minutes of the film (laughs) he launches a rocket into the air to get away and like that will cover gotham in like ice apparently and then he like flies away in like his insane Iron Man slash vulture suit, right? That so he goes work. away. And then uh, they have to like escape the, the exploding rocket by sky surfing the doors down <laughs> to the ground. And then they have a another chase yes. on foot. Like this is all the first like five to 10 minutes of the film, right? This would be the climax of another film. It's insane. They just, they go so big, so hard and, and you're, you're into it straight away. You're like, okay, I, I, under- I understand what's happening. The action is clear. It's easy to understand what's going on. And yet, Arnold Schwarzenegger is yelling ice puns at me, and Batman looks bored. Like, I don't understand
0: <laughs> and why Robin, this
1: isn't working. And it Robin, just doesn't work.
0: Robin gets pushed into the drink. Uh, no, he gets frozen. I will say, in terms of art direction, the way that the freezer's gun freezes people is very cool. Like, the way yes, yeah, it's,
1: it's a cool visual cool. effect.
0: And I love the way they have 11 minutes to thaw out or they die, I guess.
1: Yeah, that, that's minutes. that's a that's a fun thing that you put in a movie for children.
0: Yes, because otherwise
1: minutes. it's like, oh, they're dead. Yeah, those people died.
2: No, got funnily enough, minutes. I actually timed the thing at the end where they say we have eleven minutes to throw the, yeah, it's the city. Yeah, way more than eleven minutes. Is it? Yeah, it's. <laughs> it,
1: <laughs> although it's, I th- it's yeah, a long
2: time. It's a long time. <laughs> So you know, and that sequence is
1: not in real time either. Like like, there's well, there's gaps. No. So,
2: <laughs> but it also kind of makes you think. Oh no, those security guards back at the museum. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> they,
1: they weren't getting set.
2: Why would he even bother telling Batman that he has eleven minutes? Like, I don't understand. Well, I mean, why. the thing is,
1: the thing is, and and it's something that the movie kind of leans into, and it, it's the fact, it, it's what makes. Mr. Free is interesting in general as a villain, is that he's not technically villainous. Like his, he's his, driven by grief. Exactly, his his motivation <laughs> is to save his his frozen wife. Like he's, but she's gives not people frozen. A
0: she's she's cryogenically floating in goo.
1: Exactly, she's there. She's she's frozen. He's trying to to cure her illness. Like he has a motivation, and it's a relatable motivation. You know, even though he's a freakish character, like a, all of Batman's rogues gallery, he's he has a recognisable motivation. Even this movie can't leech that out of it. You know, like you get his deal. He is a very clear deal.
0: Yeah. My wife is sad. And so this brings me to a a problem (laughs) that I have with the film in terms of the partnership between Poison Ivy. I keep wanting to call her Venus, but they just refer to her as a Venus flytrap at one point. No, Poison Ivy and Mr (laughs) Freeze. The whole point is she's like got a weird crush on him for some reason because she's into... (laughs) <laughs> She's into do to give her the cold shoulder. Hey. Hey. Um, hey. there it is. Thank you. So she wants to kind of live in a post-human life state with him
1: well her idea is that she wants him to freeze the earth yes and then she'll come in afterwards and like replant
0: and she's got some mutant plants
1: and she's got mutant plants (laughs) that's not which which we
0: see once Once and then never what happened to them (laughs) where are they someone in the art department did a really good job on a weird freaky puppet plant and they were very happy with their (laughs) days in the sun uh That was that was it for mutant plants but also how did she
2: get it because the whole point was that she couldn't do her research at the beginning because things weren't working out and yeah uh, because, what's his name? Because the, the evil guy kept stealing was-
0: there was an evil supervillain who got was- <laughs> bumped off in the first it, 10 minutes.
1: And, and there was. And, and you know what? Like, you guys, I I'm, I'm you, you probably know this, Eloise, but Natalie yes. definitely won't know this. Jason Woodrue is the Floronic Man. Like, he is a plant-based supervillain in yes. Batman comics.
2: And not only um, that, but the actor was the voice of the Riddler in the uh animated
0: series, and then he plays Lex Luthor's dad in Smallville.
1: Yes, yes. So, he's he's great, by the way. He's very good.
0: I was trying to work out, like, he was fun in that role, but he didn't didn't. didn't have much time and then he tried to weirdly like pressure pam Isley into like yeah let's be boyfriend and girlfriend and rule the world you've literally locked locked me out of all of your research and i can't do anything and now you're like hey baby let's do it and when i reject you i'm going to kill you this is not a message that we want to send at least he did it in a very over the top and
2: extreme manner so that it wasn't realistic at all
0: (laughs) of course of course he did but yes my problem with their relationship is that poison ivy Then turns up to Freeze's lovely lady wife who there's a fantastic montage too of him like watching their wedding videos. (laughs) It's like Mr. Freeze is in Bridget Jones's diary and he's like, (laughs) Oh, by myself. myself. (laughs) Don't want to be. He's watching their wedding videos and where he gives her like a snowflake keychain and or who's Nicholas filming that by the way yeah, who's really yeah.
1: That? <laughs> there's stuff that that's at the wedding ceremony which is like okay someone had a home video camera and then there's stuff in their bedroom that's clearly being held by a third person it's like what's going on there freeze
0: <laughs> and so she turns up at the wife's lab and then literally pulls the plug out of the socket
1: this is a one-woman show.
0: <laughs> this is a one-woman show, but like that is a complicated bit of technology keeping this woman alive somehow. Even yeah. though she's just floating in goo, I get it. She just kicks a socket plug out. Of the
1: she, sock. she kicks the, the cable that is lying on the floor, and apparently it's that's enough to just shut on it, on it down.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing that's aerating the tank, and that's how that works. Yeah. I'm sure smart enough to know better will be able to oh, yeah. deep dive into it and tell us the uh, logistics behind the physics and all of that. Yeah, they Greg, Dan, that.
0: call in. Yeah, that's right. Call in, if you know. But the thing is, is that that sets up an inevitable showdown between the two and because and, she tells him oh no Batman unplugged your wife so you're all alone we need to get revenge on Batman like she uses it as leverage over him as control which sets up he is the one who has to then turn on her when he finds out the truth that's kind of how these things work like you betrayed me or you did this and they kind of do that by having this little coda at the end when they're put <laughs> in the same cell in Arkham Asylum <laughs> because obviously yeah that's the kind of mental health treatment that's available in Gotham. If you have mental defects that are uh, uh, making you believe you're a supervillain, we're just going to throw you in together and uh, it'll get sorted out that
2: very disturbing to think about what happens post the
0: camera cutting on that scene. Yes, like,
1: yeah, what it's not great. it happens? It's well, not fun.
0: It's so. I mean, the ramifications and the imagery is is uh, cold and and disturbing. So they kind of do this, like, ah, oh, I'm going to get revenge on you now. But it's a little bit anticlimactic because all that happens to Poison Ivy is that she gets trapped by a Venus flytrap and what well, exactly. she believes, yeah. she can't control that because isn't she the queen of, did something happen that yeah. I missed? Or... It's, it's sure. bizarre
1: because she comes out of that Venus flytrap. Like she's, yes. she's in it and it unfurls and it's like a throne.
0: Like she's freaking Botticelli's Venus. Yeah,
1: a- absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure. I'm sure that was the artistic reference that they were making. But then, well, she's got the red hair. She gets she gets kicked, yeah, exactly. But she, then she gets kicked back into it by Robin, and it, it's implied that like it kind of half eats her or something. Yes,
0: like it's And, and then
1: she's done, artist. and then she's out of the movie. She's finished for the for the time being.
2: Yep, she's yeah. gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what happens to women in this film. They go crazy.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but also, and this this is the thing, and it, it's so frustrating. You can tell one of the only reasons they included Batgirl in this movie was so that Poison Ivy had a woman to physically fight
0: mm. right?
1: right because they obviously were like we can't have batman or robin just like deck her. but but it's like you but don't have to
0: punched Catwoman. i
1: know punched exactly like two place. movies ago batman like and, and they kind of make a joke about it oh you wouldn't hit a woman or, or that sort of thing but like yeah. they have a woman who is a physical threat to batman and poison ivy is absolutely a physical threat to batman <laughs> she's a metahuman like like she she has plant powers Yes. Like she can do stuff like, like she, she is a physical threat to Batman. There is no reason why he would have to hold back in any way. And yet it is very obvious that Batgirl is in this movie so that she can have a lady fight.
2: Yes.
0: And it's strange they have how... a discussion about feminism while they do uh. so.
1: Yeah. yeah, Which they think is very clever. And it's, it's that's just gone not... out.
0: That's gone out years ago. Uh. Something, something women.
2: Blah. And again, how is Batman filming her? <laughs> yes
1: yeah well you know again I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has like a bat camera set up somewhere yeah. you know
2: <laughs> just if they set up that's like- in
1: character I'm fine with that
2: okay <laughs> oh
0: my god this film
1: <laughs> any question that you have that's like how did Batman always ends with because he's Batman uh, that's the
0: big, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I guess my my point with poison ivy is that it should have been Mister Freeze who kind of took her down. Whether they had a confrontation at the end, but of course I guess they couldn't do that because they had to be on the giant telescope observatory thing, and exactly. they couldn't both with be there. Stakes. So it was just it was sort of narratively unsatisfying to me.
1: And, and um, also and also bombs. They're on there with bombs, and you know uh, that they're bombs because Bane tells you every time he puts one down. Bomb. <laughs> um, Bomb. Um, um. um. Like he was predicting what was going to happen to the film. Um, (laughs) um.
0: So, yeah, I was just um, puzzled that they couldn't have that kind of conflict between the two villains. And so it's Freeze who sort of takes Poison Ivy out or at least disables her in some way. Um, yeah, it, it would be good It would be good his... if
1: they used that. A better okay. movie would do that. Instead, yeah. what they use it for is that they use it for motivation so that he'll give Batman the the partial cure that will cure Alfred.
0: But they could have done both. Like, they really could yes, have done both. Yes, they
1: absolutely could have.
0: And by, by geez, <laughs> it isn't it convenient that Alfred uh-huh. has the same disease that uh, Mr. Freeze's wife has. <laughs> Only up to the point where Mr. Freeze cured it. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then, after, except he's, like, he's
1: dying. I mean, this is the thing. Doesn't he have advanced an advanced form of the disease as well? Like he's he has dying. Stage one, but only stage one. Apparently, yeah, that's right. Like apparently, so apparently he's got he a could- apparently he's got a long and terrible road ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> Just ruminate on that for a second. Oh. oh,
0: so yeah, that was that was one of the narrative issues I had with this. film.
1: <laughs> sure, one <line> off. <laughs>
0: You know, it was working for me on so many levels and then it was just like, well, wow, clearly It Mr. just Freeze. fell apart. Can I just say you mentioned the statues before Eloise? Yes. A couple mm. of a couple of things with the statues. The one where they're racing Mr. Freeze oh. in his oh. weird, like bug shaped <laughs> Mr. Freeze has like a weird bug sort of shaped tank thing. Yes. yes. And they're chasing it down a statue. It's-
1: insane cyclopean architecture yeah
0: and the statue is big enough that they can drive down the biceps like the full arm you know using the the biceps (laughs) to go back and forth and it takes more than like three if that was a like that statue has to be the size of a mountain because of the time they take to drive down
1: it well it's the size of a skyscraper like i mean it's 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 Bigger than the Empire State Building, but it's, it's a giant man statue.
0: It's a giant man statue with an arm and they, they pull up, like Robin pulls up on the tip of one of the fingers
1: and yeah, then Batman it's, it's, sails
0: off the end because, you know, he disabled Robin's. And and also Batman disabling Robin's, you know, when you approach a red light and it goes <laughs> orange, but you're already like still at speed, like you go yeah. through the orange light. That's the safer thing to do than to try totally. and stop. And get yes. Robin, he just goes disable Redbird. Robin's bike shuts down. And then he's trying to pull it up, like, and he put, like, he would have gone over the edge. Like, if physics were real in this universe, he would have. Absolutely. (laughs) That was a more dangerous thing to do than to actually just let him jump.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, yes, you
0: know, God's honest truth. It was so <laughs> horrible. I, wonder, I know he was a whiny bitch, but I think he had a bit of justification at that point. Yeah. So they have that oh. statue, the great big, let's drive on his arm like ants thing. But then the observatory is, yes. is being held Again. in two hands in this giant statue. Uh, Very much like
2: an atlas, kind of
0: yeah. It's homage. a homage, you know. It's a little bit Iron Rand, you know. It's a bit creepy. They're, they're huge statues that they just are like, yes, we're happy to spend public money on building. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Maybe Bruce Wayne built them all.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's a weird thing to have in your legacy, isn't it? You're going to have statues. What, could we? What about the orphanage, Bruce? Could we have some more money for the orphanage? More statues. statues.
1: Only if it's built like a statue.
0: <laughs> statues of orphans, <laughs> carved like Greek gods. Abs. The statues must have abs.
1: Bruce, are you alright? <laughs>
0: no. There's not no, enough abs statues. I have not in been alright
1: for some time.
0: <laughs> have you met my girlfriend, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of girlfriends, like Mr. Freeze has kind of a sexy girlfriend uh, or Duvisia A. Fox. Because um, we need uh
2: POC representation in this film. <laughs> there we go. <gasps> but
0: she's oh. in one scene. Yeah. She's in uh, one scene.
2: But and they
1: treat it like- as if she's like a long as if she's someone we've already been introduced to and who we will see again.
2: Ugh. Like I yeah. wonder
1: if she had more scenes that they just cut the hell out of this movie because it's already stuffed to the gills.
2: Maybe she got fridged as well.
1: She might have used literally fridged <laughs> literally in that case.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then there's um Coolio. <gasps> oh he's okay. in this movie,
3: yes. There's a
2: story behind why Coolio is in this film. Mm-hmm. Oh, is there?
0: Yep. Okay. He, he, I was like That's cool. Uh, Yes, because. Because he was (laughs) massive at the time from Gangster's Paradise. And he's there because Batgirl obviously does illegal street racing on the side because she's 18 or something, 17, 18, and yeah. So the reason why Coolio was in this film was because
2: the next installment, which was supposed to be Batman Unchained or something along those lines, was supposed to feature Scarecrow, and Coolio was signed to play Scarecrow so yeah. he was dropped into this film as a bit of a snippet and then he would come back in the next film as but like retro.
1: so he was going to be Jonathan Crane but like mm-hmm. so was he going to be a psychiatrist uh. who just happens <laughs> to like also run illegal street races like what was their what was their end game here I don't understand I've never understood that story. I've heard that before, and it's just like, what are you talking about?
0: Maybe he wasn't
2: going to be a psychiatrist, and well, this is the thing. Like, yeah, know. but then how
1: does the where, where does the fear gas come from? Like, what is what's going to happen there? Like, is it? Oh God, The
0: fear gas is what happens to you when you line up your Harley Davidson vintage nineteen twenty, and you hit the throttle and you tear off and leave your gas in someone else's face. That's the fear gas. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man,
1: this movie makes me angry. agree. And, very... and
0: then I do, I do want to shout out one of my favourite lines in this film. Possibly my favourite line in this film is: "There's <laughs> two scientists at the observatory. It's like going yes. the observatory, yeah. and there's like two scientists who work they're, there. They're
1: great, by the way. I love them. Oh yes, what, they do.
0: are. They are the MVPs of this film. They're in that first scene." Where Bruce once again, Bruce Wayne, just constantly followed by the biggest press pack in the world. Yeah. Like he's the president or something, <laughs> and it's him gifting a new telescope to the Gotham Observatory, and it's the biggest telescope in the world. It's it's incredibly phallic, you know, <laughs> all that imagery, and I can't remember the reason is because they're developing satellites, uh, something to do with a connected network of
2: satellites, yes. or well again it's it's future. very it's
1: very uh die another day. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot of like satellites that will repurpose the sun and all this sort of thing. Like it's yeah, it's that's very right. strange.
2: Daylight maybe maybe it's that uh energy that he was gonna replace with coal energy. <laughs>
1: Yes. yeah that's right
2: <laughs> oh man that scene that's that's not terrible at all it's at the um oh, what was it called the um the, the, oh, the oh my
0: god we haven't even got to the flower thing the, fl- the, the zoo the zoo gala the zoo, the zoo gala uh,
2: but when he was uh talking to poison ivy who's who was disguised at the time and she's saying you know we need green energy he's like no and all those people who will uh lose their jobs because we're not producing coal anymore i'm like oh
0: no yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bruce Man. Wayne, classic neocon. Uh, yeah. Well done. Hooray <laughs> yeah, for that, capitalism. That, that, that gala. Well, that this was-
1: is the thing. Like, like it's, the, it's the problem of Poison Ivy because, like, when she was first sort of introduced, it was still, you know, she was very much a femme fatale and, and she was had the plant-based powers. And over the years, she's gone from, like, an obvious supervillain to, I guess, an anti-hero. Like, like it's... <laughs> Her, her general worldview has become less and less villainous.
2: Yes, saying, <laughs> yeah. so, Oh no, when Poison Ivy makes a point, oh like she, no. fall, she does,
1: fall down in that she generally is portrayed as wanting to kill all humans, which becomes you know problematic. Well, yes. I guess you know it's, yeah, it's not not yeah, great. Yeah. But like the general the general idea that hey, you're poisoning the planet and you need to stop. It's Kind of becoming harder and harder to argue with that.
0: And this is what I mean. It's sort of strangely prescient that, you know, you've got Poison Ivy. It's like, look at this woman who wants to save the environment. She's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) and again Bruce he did this Val Kilmer did this too where it's like no no no, I'll listen to Edward Nigma. there's always people trying to talk to Bruce Wayne and he, everyone going no Bruce, don't listen to them you're well, too they, good for them and yeah, then he's like no, they no, they, re- no.
1: they recycle so much from the previous movie like like plot points like character arcs and little things like that where like one of the villains, has a connection to Wayne Tech, and then like comes up and confronts him at a press event. Like you know, it's just just lazy. It's just laziness.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So going he, back to the beginning of the film when she's destroying the place where she's working, and then she suddenly notices Wayne Enterprises. Hmm, I'm going to go to Gotham and talk to Mister Wayne. Like, why? Just because his
0: name's printed on glassware that you've got in your in your <laughs> workplace? He, I think he was funding the project initially. Ah. Uh,
1: yeah, nice. yeah, he, he was the, his company was the one who pulled funding because they were worried <laughs> that the guy was creating, like, weird venom-powered super soldiers. He
2: was a madman. He was a madman,
1: mad <laughs> so they pulled their funding. And she's like, hmm, maybe I can get some of that funding myself.
2: Ah,
1: oh, of um, course. Speaking of, speaking of weird venom-fueled madmen, can we talk about Bane for a second? Yes. Because, we holy shit, this Bane. movie does Bane dirty.
2: Uh, uh, oh, it was very not well received when no, the film came out. No. A lot of people hated it.
1: It's very bad. Like they they reduce him to the monosyllabic henchman, and it's it could not misunderstand that character more. Uh, and Natalie, I'm not sure how much. I mean, uh, how much how much are you aware of Bane? you've obviously seen the later films where he's a bit more closer to the comics version. But
0: yeah, really, only the Tom Hardy. Oh, yes yeah. <laughs> I don't agree with this portrayal of him in this film. What is- (laughs) but can you before you get into it was he actually the actor who played him was he the, the skinny guy who got like transformed captain america style or was that an actual actor who was really big and buff and they just used another no, actor. No, that
2: was an actor who was really big and buff. Um, his name was, oh, damn, it's got it's something Jeep or Jeep something. And tragically, uh, he actually died of heart disease two months later after the film was released.
1: Yeah, Rob Robert Swenson was the, the big guy who played Bane. Oh, So, so
0: he oh, was okay. an actual got his name. Jeep,
1: Jeep Swenson. Jeep,
0: Jeep Swenson. Kind of, yeah. It kind of looked like a suit, like a it kind of looked like a muscle suit with a lot of veins drawn. On. I assume they made. I assume they did makeup on the veins and stuff. It's all yeah. the
3: ma-
2: Yeah, but he was that big. But uh, yeah, it's it's just uh, copious amounts of makeup that he's oh, wearing.
3: Cool but guy. he was
2: that big. Yeah. He was apparently a real nice guy as well. Like, everyone had a lot of really nice things to say about him. And he he was uh, predominantly a stunt man, which is probably why the character was the way it was. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. Exactly. Like, you, again, we were talking before about how we're pre the era where people would get, like, super jacked for movies.
0: Yes, yes. Um,
1: you know, Tom, Tom Hardy famously got, <laughs> like, bulked the hell up for, for Bane and got, like, really, really muscly.
2: Yes, yeah, compare um, him to uh, Star Trek Insurrection and uh, Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, so so this was back in the days where if you wanted like a really muscly guy you just went and got a wrestler. So this <gasps> is, that was his background.
2: Speaking of wrestlers, yes. do you know who's in this film, which is like one of my favorite pieces of trivia? Nice. Jesse, the Body Venturer Oh, he
1: is too. That's right. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. He
2: plays the Arkham Asylum guard with mm. the eye patch. Yes, who uh, who gets killed by Poison Ivy? Um, wow, I missed that. <laughs> totally yes. missed that. Uh, Which makes two governors in this film. Because oh my god, yes, <laughs> yeah. Because
1: well, he, he was also in Predator. That's the thing. Like, they were uh, both, yes. both in Predator together. <laughs>
0: um, I wonder if Arnold Schwarzenegger got him that role. Just maybe. To, uh, like, possibly maybe because on they- down, hang out on set for one day.
2: Uh, well, they, no, they did. Apparently him and John Bon Jovi would hang out on set with Arnold Schwarzenegger and John Bon Jovi would smuggle in Cuban cigars for Arnold to yeah. smoke. And then he painted them white so he could do it in the actual scene. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, because well, like is he, yeah, you cigar. notice at one stage he is smoking like a like what I guess is supposed to be an ice cigar or something, and it's like <laughs> no, no, that's just. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger smoking his hoagies like he'd always done. <laughs> wait, <laughs>
0: on, wait a second. But what was John Bon Jovi doing there?
1: I don't know. Why Apparently
2: not? he was friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger
1: because when and he would just a, hang out on set. When you hit a level of fame, you just are friends with other famous people on that same level of fame. It doesn't matter what they do.
0: <laughs> My God. I just want to go back to those two scientists. Um, yes. yes. I, I, I just want to highlight the, the, the genius. They do the demonstration where they're like, Beep bop bop at the press conference, and they're like, <laughs> and also I love the way the planet, the the observatory has like the planets kind of projected onto the ceiling.
3: Mm, yeah, just
0: so for kids, <laughs> it was marvelous. And then at the end, they somehow survive the incredible carnage that <laughs> you know Batman and Robin and and Mister Freeze wreak on the telescope. Like the entire telescope goes plummeting to the ground. Hmm. with, you know, Batman going after it or whatever. Or I think another
2: callback to a boiling acid guy. Like yeah. the, they're pretty much like that guy.
0: <laughs> but then, so this, this I think it was the telescope that's like swinging around in destruction or, or Arnold. maybe it was Arnold Schwarzenegger's laser beam or whatever it was. And the guy, they're both standing there screaming and the guy just goes, it's one of those days.
2: <laughs> 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 and that... Must the, happen a lot. That in was Gotham. the piece
0: of genius in this film. I was like, <laughs> I would pay that. It's,
2: it's yeah. So
0: Why was not the rest of, of, of the film like that? <laughs> it was so out of place. It was so stupid, and it was genius. And it just makes me like, I want, I want the five-part investigative podcast into those two actors and how they worked on the film and how they uh, and how that line came up, because I would, I would love to find out that that was an improvised kind of line. And Joel Schumacher went, I love it. Let's keep it. Do it again.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Arnold Schwarzenegger was just improvising most of his lines because a lot of it was just, yes, kill them, kill them, go, kill them. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That there's, surely couldn't have been scripted. There's <laughs> yeah, there definitely, of- there's
1: definitely one point where he's, he's literally just saying that stuff and he's, he's, obviously just ad-libbing like yeah, it's just Arnold Schwarzenegger think, saying yes go kill them I think have you guys ad-libbing. ever heard sorry you go
0: I think it's ad-libbing but without the ability to think of different things because at yes. one point he just comes in he's yeah. like hey guys chill chill <laughs> chill <laughs> he keeps saying chill it was he funny the first time you do <laughs> yeah you need to come up with some other things but I'll, you know, I'll bring this up cool laugh. yeah
1: <laughs> cool off laugh. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring I'll bring this up now have you guys like like I, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger as a, as a man like oh, he yes. is a incredible human being. Yes, but have is, you guys is, isn't ever it listened? The
0: case that he's he's gotten kind of cool now. Like he was a bit iffy there for it. Like he was a Republican. He, there, there, was, was, there
1: was a few years where he was man. a bit he was a bit iffy. Uh, definitely done some been things been where
0: sleeping with his maid and had a kid. Sure if had and a
1: secret kid, and I like, mean, that sort like, of thing.
0: Who, who doesn't? Was, who's <laughs> among us,
1: Natalie? Who's <laughs> among us? But. Uh, I do love that like he he is one of those people who is just all surface level. There's no depth to him at all. Have you ever listened to a commentary track with Arnold Schwarzenegger where he does no. commentary on his movies?
2: Oh, I have not.
1: Do yourself to, yeah. a favor. <laughs> Get any movie. Any movie, like like you know go go for one of the big ones, go for like you know Conan the Barbarian or like you know the Terminator or something. If Arnold is doing the commentary track, he will just watch the movie and tell you what is happening on screen, (laughs) right? And he'll do it in a way that it almost sounds like he's telling you a story about like filming, but he's not. Right? He'll he'll say, oh yes, and and so this is the place where I'm the Terminator, obviously, and I have to go and and do this. and, And I have to kill her. And she obviously doesn't want to be killed, so she's running away. And it's like, this is, it's that for the entire time, for the entire movie. He will just explain the movie to you in real time. It's every commentary. Every commentary is like that. It is amazing.
0: But isn't that the case, like, you know, when you're in the movie and someone's, like, telling someone next to you what's happening? Oh, no, he's that guy.
1: Yeah, he's that guy. He's that guy, except he's doing it in the official commentary track for the film that he's in.
0: It kind of
2: reminds me of the um, the late show sketch where Tony Martin dresses up as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, yes. And he oh, keeps yes. talking about how Ivan Reitman, he is a genius. He's
1: a genius. It's fantastic.
2: It's fantastic. fantastic. It sounds like it's just that.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. He just explains what's happening on screen at the given time. It's absolutely incredible. Do yourself Thank a favour, you. find any Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he does the commentary and just watch it. It's It's incredible. so good
2: oh my goodness
1: speaking of Mr. Freeze so I mean so obviously Arnold famously took this role in a way he and and like, like everything that Arnold does he kind of took it over like the character of Mr. Freeze is actually really good and I wish that he would get like a rehabilitation. He kind of already has one in the sense that there's an episode of Batman, the animated series called Heart of Ice, which is actually like acclaimed. It's one of the, it's one of the best. I watched it as a palate cleanser immediately (laughs) after watching this movie. Oh, really? It it came out. It came out in 1992. So there was already a very good version of this story out there. And it's only like 22 minutes long. And it's very good. I strongly encourage anyone. I think all of the Batman the Animated Series at the moment is on stand in Australia. Ooh, Um, excellent. So if you want to go watch it, that's where to watch it. It's a very good... Version of this, you know, it's all the same beats like, you know, obviously Poison Ivy isn't in it. But, you know, Freeze is, you know, has the same motivation, same backstory. Batman has to stop him. He even has like a a scheme to put together a giant ice gun. Like it's all there. Um, It's just done in a much, much, much better way. So I, I strongly encourage people to seek that out.
0: Yeah, there's something to be said for like um, brevity really forcing storytellers yeah. to, <laughs> as we found for- out with Mask of the Phantasm, like Absolutely, you actually yes. have to do, you know, good work when you've got limited time to do it in and also limited time to get the story across. Like,
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I would also recommend the Prime
2: series Harley Quinn for a good version of Poison Ivy. And Harley Quinn and Bane. Oh yes, uh, the, the
1: new um, Harley Quinn comic. Uh, I would wrote, say yeah.
2: hands down, Bane in Harley Quinn is the best version of Bane. I will take your questions. Is
0: this the <laughs> is this the saucy one with the controversy? Yes,
1: yes.
2: yes. I see, but I see. it's it's just so funny. But make sure you he don't has watch the
1: Bane it. voice, so that's what I love. Oh, he He, does. Has, he still yes. has the oh, yes, I'm, the, I'm Bane.
2: <laughs> I will uh, blow up Gotham Stadium. <laughs> he just keeps saying those types of lines over and over again it's just
0: brilliant Stu do we need to talk about the making of this film and other details
1: we can subject ourselves to that I suppose yes (laughs) (laughs) um I want to I want
0: to know I want to know how did you
1: want to know how this happened basically you want to know who's responsible
0: and what the wash up was
1: sure exactly yeah well obviously we we talked last week about how uh Batman Forever was a success it was a it was seen as a course correction and people came flocking back there was all sorts of reasons for obviously jim carrey was on his hot streak it was a different direction for the franchise It was seen as like not as dark and weird as Batman Returns. And so people were like, okay, I guess, you know, this is the good one. This is fine. It did very well. And so Warner Brothers wanting to capitalize on that actually rushed this one into production. Normally up until this point, there had been about three years between all the different Batman films, but that came out in 1995 and this came out in 1997. They just smashed it out. They were like, well, no, no, we need to ride this train. People like what we're doing. Let's do it. But history kind of repeated itself because you had a situation where Tim Burton had a lot of studio oversight for the first movie and then the studio went okay you obviously know what you're doing go for it and then he made Batman Returns in this case the same thing happened there was a lot of studio oversight on Joel Schumacher to make a certain type of movie for Batman Forever and he basically delivered it and it did quite well so they were like okay you obviously know what you're doing off you go and so he's like right ramp it up like turn (laughs) turn everything up to 11 we're gonna make this It's a campy, weird, you know, movie for disturbed children. Like this is going to be like just complete nonsense from start to finish. Make it as stupid and and weird and silly as possible. Uh, You know, put nipples on the bat suit. Like, you know, do all this nonsense. Everything's neon. Everything's neon. Cover everything in neon. Freeze talks exclusively in ice puns. Like just Everything. Swing for the fences, do whatever we want, and people did not care for it. <laughs> um, now, the weird thing is, I, 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 I like you, Eloise, um, saw this in the theaters when I was yeah. when I was a teenager, and I think you did as well, Natalie.
0: I did definitely, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. everyone
1: went to see this, like, and I remember at the time thinking that was fine. Like you know, it was a bit yeah. silly, but like that was fine. But this thing got absolutely destroyed by critics. It currently, as of this moment, has a 12% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, Um, (laughs) 3.8 out of 10 on IMDb, a 28% uh, rating on, on Metacritic. It is a maligned film and it was immediately <laughs> maligned. This is the thing. We were already in the age, this is 1997, you had websites like Ain't It Cool News oh, and yeah. a bunch oh, of other...
0: Was yeah. Dark Horizons yeah. around then? Oh, that was not Dark Horizons. Horizons was around, yeah. yeah. Dark Horizons really
1: um, smashed this one. There was obviously a massive, massive backlash to this within fan circles. Like They hated this instantly. But unlike some of the other movies, critics also despised this movie as soon as it happened. It declined by like over half- it's gross in the second week. Like it just, it dropped off the face of the planet. It had a a, a North American gross of $107 uh, million and a total gross of $238 million, which was okay. But the critical reception to the film, Warner Brothers basically went, oh, okay, we won't do that again. And they just didn't. And so then Batman, the Batman franchise was stuck in development hell for like 10 years.
2: Is it true that because of this film, this is the reason why Tim Burton's Superman Lives got canned? The famous, the infamous one that was supposed to star Nicolas Cage? As Superman.
1: I think that didn't help. Um, I think it was definitely yeah because that was in that was in production around about this time. They were in early sort of talks. That movie itself is like just fascinating uh, to, to dig into. That that there's like
2: a YouTube documentary on there it. There is, is there best. is like,
1: which I've watched. It's, it's incredible. Uh. Um, like if anyone doesn't know, yeah, it was going to be Superman Lives, and it was going to be Nicolas Cage playing Superman. With- and there was, like, Brainiac was there and, and there was going to be a giant weird. spider for various That's reasons. was going to be a
0: weird story, was-
1: that. It, it was it all, be, it was very weird.
0: Wasn't it going to be Nicolas Cage, like, with long hair? Or was that yeah, just- he
1: was getting, because at one stage, like like the thing was, they were going to do the death of Superman storyline. Yeah. So he, was were, going he to wasn't going to
0: have a cape
2: and yeah. Kryptonite wasn't going to be a thing or something. I can't remember exactly. And he was in like,
1: he for, for a lot of the movie, he was in like a weird regeneration suit, which yeah. they were testing. Like it was just, it would have been a mess. Like, like people say, oh, this sounds really interesting. And, and there's pictures of Nicolas Cage with the long hair in the Superman suit that look kind of cool. But it's like, no, this would have been a disaster. Mm. Like,
2: we would never this... have gotten superhero films again. They yeah. would have just gone, no, have... you're banned. No one's, to like, no
1: one's allowed to do this. anymore The We're Marvel
2: gonna... cinematic universe would not have existed. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so this movie just completely exploded uh in every in everyone's faces. Uh George Clooney uh mentioned in an interview with Variety that he has not he has not shown Batman and Robin. He he talks down the film all the time. <laughs> right? I've
0: heard that. I've heard him say that. Like I killed Batman. He's very
1: self-deprecating about it. To his credit, he's very self-deprecating about Batman and Robin. Like he, he always it's, says, it, it, "It's it's not my thing." Like like obviously, I I'm so sorry. Like I apologize. He has a standing offer to refund anyone's <laughs> ticket if they can I prove that they bought a true. ticket to the thing. <laughs> you know, he's he's said that in the past. Like you know, I'll you know prove that that you bought a ticket and I'll refund you um but he um he has revealed that um he won't let his wife watch the movie apparently she hadn't watched the movie before they got married and now he's like no 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 i he says there are certain films where i just go i want my wife to have some respect for me that was so funny because when
0: i was watching this movie i was wondering i was like because amal clooney's 40 early 40s i think and so that would have put her at a few years older than me when this film came out. And it just made yeah, me wonder. Sure. I wonder if she, as a, you know, early 20-somethings, went to the cinema and saw that film. And could you imagine that one day you would be married?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently Katie she's Holmes, never seen it. And if, and if George uh, Clooney has his way, she never will.
2: I wonder if he feels the same about Spy Kids 3, because my son was watching <laughs> that the other day. And I'm like, and we think Batman and Robin is his worst film. Well,
1: <laughs> but I mean, the thing is like, you know, Batman and Robin wishes it was Spy Kids 3. You know what I mean? I like like this, at least the Spy Kids movies, like they know it, what they are. They knew they're what pitch- it was
2: doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like the fact that Sylvester Stallone is in that and he's clearly seen Arnold Schwarzenegger in Batman and
1: Robin going, yeah. you know what? Challenge
0: accepted.
1: <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just looking at some of these photos of Nicolas Cage in the Superman suit. <laughs> yes. What I love about it is that they're they're obviously doing testing, you know, just in like a room somewhere in someone's. Yeah, house. it's it's
1: just test footage, yeah. It's
0: just testing as just someone strung up a bed sheet, Nicolas Cage is standing in front of it. It just looks like they're preparing for a cosplay event.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's always that weird thing.
0: But he's really skinny in some of these photos, like in this suit that's not the normal Superman suit. It's like a blue suit and it's like yeah, a Well, they're kind of
1: doing this. They're doing a similar thing to what Tim Burton did with Batman, which is like they're letting the suit do a lot of the heavy lifting, if that makes mm, sense. Like, yeah. you know, he's a, he's a skinny guy and they're putting like a pound of latex on top of him to make it look muscly.
0: That's right. It's fascinating. It is. It is a great what if, isn't it? That one, the Nicolas Cage. Superman.
1: It is. It's one of the great <laughs> what ifs, like the, the Nicolas Cage, Tim Burton Superman movie. And, it would and have the weird been thing about Nicolas
0: Yeah, the weird thing about Nicolas Cage is that, like George Clooney, kind of recovered from this Batman, and it's now like this sort of fun footnote. Not even a footnote. It's more than a footnote. But it's this fun thing of like Halle Berry and Catwoman. It's like yes. We all have things we regret in our careers. Sure. Some of them are just more public than others. Yeah. But I'm gracious about it, you know. And obviously he walked away with a ton of money. So, And, you know, he's a white he's man. smirking so... all
1: the way to the bank. That's yeah. right.
0: And he's a white man, so his career recovered pretty well. Yeah, Nicholas exactly. Cage, though, he has gone on to become one of the most mixed, you know, in terms of having a career that goes up and down and up and down. Like, he is all over that spectrum because yeah. he's got he is a one strange out. man. He's got one out at the moment about a pig or something. Oh, I've
2: seen the trailer for that. and I, I can't help but think, where's my elephant? Where's my pig? <laughs> where's my elephant? What? Oh, Bart in Simpsons. Oh, yeah, stampy. Where's oh, yeah. my
3: oh,
0: elephant? That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. When I was apparently that's trailer. got good reviews. Like I, I've seen a lot of people just gushing and going, oh, my yeah. God.
1: People have finally figured out how to take Nicolas Cage. This is the thing. For a long time, they were just like, oh, I, I don't get it. I don't understand what he's doing. Now I think the general consensus is, okay, we get it. Like, like, we understand what he does and now we want you to do that. If we're showing up, we want you to go full Cage.
0: But I think it's because he won an actor, a Best Actor Oscar for a dramatic film, like, so early in his career. And so mm. he kind of got pigeonholed as this dramatic actor and he did movies like rom-coms, sad rom-coms and stuff. And it, it was really only probably, I don't know, National Treasure that kind of showed him as, or, or maybe The Rock.
1: Well, that that was in the middle of his like leading man phase. Like, like yeah. that was that was that was peak Cage. That was that was his best year. Oh, he did. Conair? He filmed. Conair? He filmed. Con Air was
2: uh, in there as well. Yes.
1: Yeah, he he filmed Face Off and Con Air back to back. Oh,
2: Face Off such a good film
0: i've never seen face
1: off would you oh, you? never please. seen face off
0: natalie the goodness do. oh please do does it have a does it have a theme song because somebody you, you
1: see natalie the, the idea is that they take their face <laughs> off. <laughs> off.
0: and what i don't understand is and we talked about this with arya stark in game of thrones when she was yeah. which was a, a, a faceless man like okay sure you change faces you can hide your face but how do you do the voice the voice doesn't change with your face.
2: They do explain it in in Face Off. They oh, have like they? a thingy, the th- uh, like a thing in their throat that's implanted that changes their vote in their vocal cords. Oh, you know, because that's, a- that's a
0: thing. And I suppose at least they explain it it's more than walking through it. But yes, so Nicolas Cage, I'm grateful he exists, and and that first National Treasure movie. Like, if that's one of those movies. If I'm flicking through the TV, which is rarer and rarer these days, but if I'm flicking through the TV and that comes on, I'm like, you know what? I'll watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll enjoy <yeah>. it. <laughs> it's not? adventures. It's, it's it's historical adventures. And Sean Bean is there. So, like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> go wrong. What more can you want? They steal the Declaration of Independence, guys. They certainly oh, did. And <laughs> then there's a message from Benjamin Franklin on the back in Mystery Inc. Like, come on. <laughs> come on. It's. Great.
1: That that is a movie that knows exactly what type of movie it is. That's exactly oh, right. That's
0: good. that's exactly right. So there's um he's got some fun ones in his back catalogue and then he's just got crazy weird Steven Cigar like straight to video sort of stuff.
2: <laughs> I think you need to do a Raven Cage
0: retrospective.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Raven Cage.
0: That is not a bad idea, but I feel like we could go insane, quite possibly. <laughs> Would you do them orderly? Would you do them like in order? Or would you kind of go oh. like the main, sort of the big ones and then just filter down through to the,
2: the crazy shit? It would be like the Necronomicon. You you just go insane like progressively from watching all of them mm. in order, I think.
0: Well, I mean, I've never actually seen Con Air, would you believe?
2: <laughs> ah,
0: that's one of the Con Air. I have seen, Air stuff, you,
1: you've seen You've seen the Rock though, right? I've seen the Rock, yeah. Yes, but okay, o- yes.
0: actually only like. Not until quite recently. I, uh, I it know you places. only
1: watched it recently, yeah, but you, you've yeah. definitely seen The Rock. Yes. I've
0: definitely seen The Rock. And, uh, yeah, I do love the theory that it's a James Bond
1: it's so good. Oh, yeah.
0: I love that theory it's so great, much. Yeah, it's a great theory because it's Sean Connery being an old James Bond basically, and it's very fun. It's very Speaking
2: silly. of uh, in-movie conspiracy theories, or well, not even conspiracy theories but just silly theories, I do like the fact that the internet has decided that in Batman Returns Max Schreck is actually photographed with uh, Victor Freeze rather than just a photograph of him and Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, on, on the wall where he's pictured <laughs> with all these famous people there is a picture of him with Arnold Schwarzenegger I think it's photoshopped but a lot of fan people decided oh well instead of it being Arnold Schwarzenegger it's actually Victor Freeze that he's
0: (laughs) photographed (laughs) with oh okay
2: so that was kind of his introduction into the Batman verse essentially (laughs) I like those silly things that people on the internet come up with (laughs)
0: so Arnold Schwarzenegger was Arnold Schwarzenegger in Batman returns in that universe but by the time Batman and Robin comes out he's his own he's he's
1: well, No no they they're saying they're saying that instead of being Arnold Schwarzenegger it's just him with a him with Victor Fries
0: Yeah but I didn't realize so you're saying that there was a picture of Christopher Walken with Yeah yeah, yeah but very, yeah, very, very yeah, briefly yes,
1: yeah yes. those that montage of him with famous people basically
0: Yeah 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 but the 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 other flip side of that is is like Arnold Schwarzenegger existed in that universe until he didn't and it was Victor Friedman's Yes, yes, yes nice. pretty
2: much. <laughs> uh it would be remiss of me to let the podcast end without pointing out two particular lovely pieces of trivia that I think you both might appreciate. Oh, excellent. We've talked about Gossip Gertie a few times and I'm surprised you didn't mention it last week so I'm assuming perhaps you don't know this but do you know who that is? I I
1: do I I wasn't going to mention it just because it felt like confusing the issue too much but having said that go for it.
2: (laughs) So Gossip Gertie is in fact played by uh, Elizabeth Sanders and Mm she only did that character in these two films and she is in fact the wife of Bob Kane, creator of Batman. Oh
0: my god! (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
2: Pretty much. They were just like, hey, Elizabeth, you want to come and do the film? Okay. Yeah. Give her all the Oscars. <laughs> that
0: really makes sense because she is really working hard. Like she's gone, you know what, I'm going to make an impression. I wonder if she was an actor and this was her Not chance. Not a film or- actor.
2: She was a an extra in Batman Returns. And she was an extra in one other thing. I don't remember what it was, but it was in, like, the 80s, and that that was the extent of her acting career, or behind film in any case. Like, I don't know if she ever did anything else, but, yeah. <laughs> I think she was just like, oh, I want to go and do the thing that my husband is involved with.
0: Because the thing is, what she's doing is terrible, but she's really <laughs> good at it. Does that make sense? Like, it's so on the nose. Uh, Inquiring minds, wonder now. But it's also, like, she nails it. Does that
2: make sense? Yeah, yes. I Like I love her character for how ridiculously silly it is <laughs> and it works in Batman Forever and is, you know, it's just part of the scenery in this film. <laughs> and my second piece of trivia is for you, Nat, because I don't know if you know this, but uh, you know the photo of Peg, Margaret, who yeah? is Barbara's mother. Who do you think that is?
0: Is it like <laughs> is Michael it... Goff's wife or something?
2: No, no, no. I'll I'll say this. Isn't she a dish?
0: Oh, is that Gloria Stewart? It is
2: Gloria Stewart.
0: Oh my god!
2: So for everyone out there, old Rose in Titanic.
0: That is fantastic. <laughs> that's so great. Um, uh, I'm just gonna was... interrupt there because has just said that he's had a power blackout.
3: Oh, that's why oh, no. he
0: disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. And hello there listeners, it is Natalie recording this some time later as a coder because as you will have just heard, Stu's power went out, he dropped out of the recording and even when he came back we discovered after the fact that the recording program I've been using did not pick up his voice. So the remainder of the podcast was essentially Eloise me and a long series of gaps and pauses uh, which does not make the best podcast audio so I decided to just cut the podcast off at that point what you've missed essentially is a lot of Eloise and I chatting whilst you got back online and then us rating Batman and Robin which I'm sure you will not be surprised to learn uh, is currently sitting at the bottom of our lists I think Or maybe did I put it? No, I think it's at the bottom of both of our lists. Uh, I'm basically copying Stu with the uh, ranking of Batman films at this point. So I do want to thank Eloise for coming on and apologizing that she didn't get the uh, proper send off at the end of the podcast, but please follow her on Instagram at Eloise Dundas Taylor, all one word. She's doing frocktober at the moment, which is posting a different dress every day and encouraging people to donate to ovarian cancer. So definitely get on board that. That is excellent. Stu, and I will return sometime soon for Batman Begins but you may be aware that Doctor Who is coming back on Halloween Sunday the 31st of October UK time which will be Monday the 1st of November our time so I suspect we may be pivoting to Doctor Who for a while but that's okay, we'll either keep doing Batman simultaneously or we'll come back to Batman it's all a wonderful tunnel of surprise and delight That makes sense. Uh, Thank you so much to my patrons, as always, patreon.com slash girlclumsy. You are really... I, uh, amazing and I can't thank you enough for all of your support every month to help the wheels of this uh, podcast and enterprise keep turning uh, thanks again to Eloise thank you to Stu if you would like to call in you can do so on Twitter I am at girl clumsy Stu is at disco stew and also we're on Facebook facebook.com slash Natalie's throne that I believe is all the formalities so it just remains for me to say well I'll pretend to be Stu. Um, well, Natalie, I think we've done enough. It's probably time for us to go and for you to shut up. Uh, anyway, that's you know, a subtext I'm trying to make text. Stu is very nice to me, but you know, even he knows that I go on a bit. Uh, so, yes, same bat time, same bat channel, except it probably won't be the same bat time because <laughs> life gets me. Uh, You know what I mean. We'll see you next time on Raven Bat.